Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. So I feel kind of bad. I don't have any breaking news to start Wednesday's pod. I mean, it's hard to beat yesterday, right? With the... um, SPF news, Brett. I knew it was going to be a crazy day. Everyone's speculating. Oh, there's so much that's come out about just the insanity that was FTX. Uh, but we don't have that today. We're not going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> I would say, unfortunately, what we're going to talk about is far more important and maybe even a little bit more exciting than I, I don't know. That might be that might be overselling it a little bit. But welcome everyone to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this pod Tyler Crawley and yeah inflation is fun we are well it it, not in theory it's not fun but this data that we got on Tuesday the consumer price index was interesting there is a lot to it and it's actually a pretty damn good report I mean this is all around it wasn't just like one category that gave us some good info. This was a pretty good report all the way around. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to be talking about new data from Redfin that shows rents are slowing very quickly. We got a new report looking at November. It shows that asking rents posted the smallest increase in 15 months. And then there's a great piece by Alexis Leandis over at Bloomberg kind of kind of written for people who are thinking they're going to time the market. We've talked about that before here about how horrible timing the market is. And this is for people who are seeing home prices start to drop and saying, Ooh, I'm going to wait for the bottom. And I mean, listen, anyone can do what they want to do, but she just points out how difficult that might be. If you're going to see that big of a drop at all. So we're going to get into that as we close out the show, but let's start a course inflation data. Um, Like I said, the consumer price index for the month of November, all eyes were on it this morning and it came out and it was good. It was a good report. I am happy to say the consumer price index for all urban consumers increased 7.1% when compared to November of 2021. This was 0.6% below where we were in October. And in fact, it was the lowest reading that we have had in 2022. The last time we were at this low of a number was December of last year. So I would say pretty good. Uh, And of course, that was caused by the 0.1% increase that we saw month over month. So from October until November, which was well down, well down, way down. (laughs) (laughs) Well below. (laughs) Sounds like I'm ordering a steak. Well done. Um, No, this was, it was well below. So I I combined well below with way down. So I got well down. (laughs) Maybe I should make that like my catchphrase. It was well down. 
Uh, it was much less than what economists were projecting, or excuse me, than what we saw in October. Uh, 0.4% is what we saw in October. And in fact, it was the lowest print since August. So it's been a little while. And as I mentioned, economists had projected the yearly data would fall to 7.3% and the month over month increase would be 0.3%. So both of those numbers well down, (laughs) well below what the actual, or those numbers were higher than what the actual number was. So anytime you beat the street, thumbs up. Now the core index was less exciting. Uh, They did beat estimates, but not by a lot. Um, So the core index saw an increase of 6% year over year. They were estimating 6.1%, and the monthly increase was 0.2% on estimates of 0.3%. So beat the street as well, but not as much. So it's kind of less sexy is, is one way to put it. So where or what was the reason for this lower than expected top line number. And as I mentioned, it was kind of across the board. Um, Some categories were negative, others just saw very little growth. And one of those categories that saw a pretty low month over month number considering what we have been seeing was food prices. While overall food prices are still in the double digits, 10.6%, That reading was the lowest annual increase since June, and the 0.1% monthly increase was the lowest month-over-month number that we have seen since December 2021. So once again, the lowest number of 2022. Now, there's still a big divide between groceries and restaurants, food at home, and food away were both up 0.5% for the month. So still, you know, um, kind of a a big increase for the month, but not compared to some recent months that we've seen well over 1%. While home uh, food continues to outpace food away or home, home food, home food at home. <laughs> Is this really the beginning of the podcast? I feel like this should be the ending of the podcast. It's usually when I can't talk anymore. Um, so food <laughs> at home is up 12% while food away is up 8.5% year over year. So there's still a big divide. Uh, I mean, almost 5% between home and restaurants. But overall, the fact that we saw such a small increase year over year, that was good to see. Very happy to see that. Now, energy prices were a big reason the top line number was lower than expected with prices overall falling 1.6% for the month. This was thanks to a 2% drop in gasoline prices and a 0.2% drop in electricity prices. Now, energy prices overall are still up 13.1% year over year, so they're still up. But to see a drop in that monthly number is promising. So we are very happy to see that. And because this is the Markets and Mortgages podcast, it's always important to look at what is happening with housing. And we all know what's happening with housing. Uh, Home prices are expensive. And we've seen that reflected in shelter costs as of recent reaching levels we've never seen before, or at least since they've been tracking this data. 
and it was kind of a mixed bag this month because while the overall number, the yearly number was still increasing, reaching record highs, the monthly increase was promising. So as we know, shelter costs make up about one third of the index. That's a problem when that number is high, it sets a very high floor uh, when it comes to the overall number. The other commodity prices have to fall. And as we've talked about here before, shelter costs are stickier than other uh, goods. And so this creates kind of a problem. It's why economists have been worried about shelter costs. But here's the silver lining this month. 0.6% increase month over month. That's still a big number. I mean, that's still one of the biggest numbers that we've ever seen, but it is below the 0.8% that we saw last month. And in fact, it was the lowest reading we have seen since July. So we saw 0.8% last month and then 0.7% the couple months before that, uh, but we haven't seen a 0.6% reading since July. So the silver lining is it's still moving up, but it was a smaller increase, maybe reflecting what is happening with some bigger markets with home prices, especially high price um, homes. And of course, you know, like, I mean like San Francisco and some of these bigger areas that are seeing um, uh, much faster uh, drop in prices. And then of course rents, which we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, now the bad news is that despite the, the slowing down of increases, shelter costs are now up 7.1% year over year. That is now the highest reading ever on record and they've been tracking this since 1990 so you know it doesn't go back to the 1930s but i mean they got some good data on this we're talking about over 30 years of data and we are now at the highest level that they have seen so not the best news um other notable moves uh used cars used cars and trucks fell 2.9 percent for the month i mean this is something that's been slowly kind of escalating I think it was 2.4% the month before, and then maybe one point something, you know, it's been, it's been falling for a while and getting bigger every single month. This was the fifth month in a row of declines. And amazingly, this now puts used cars and trucks into negative territory year over year. They're the only category that's negative territory, 3.3% drop year over year. That's promising. And it also ends a lot of the people who are taking advantage of the arbitrage opportunity of being able to buy a new car and then selling it like two years later for more <laughs> than you paid for it. Something that's not known in the uh, for being very commonplace in the automotive world, unless we're talking classic cars. Uh, new car prices were flat for the month, but they are still up 7.2% year over year. And then apparel, which another big consumer product, was positive for the first time in three months with a 0.2% increase, putting prices now up 3.6% year over year. But just looking at this data, I mean, it's a pretty good report. I mean, sure, there are, we're still looking at 7% inflation. It's, it's, it's still um, obviously a much higher number than we would like to see, than anyone would like to see. But the fact that we're down from double digits, not bad. Or no, when do we peak out at? Did we get the 10%? I can't remember now. I should know this. 
Um, <laughs> we got close to it enough that I don't know if we got there or not. So yeah, we're moving in the right direction. That is great news. But then what's even better is the fact that we're seeing you know some great data like food prices. And we're seeing some of the lowest levels that we have seen in months. Um, you know, we're seeing energy prices falling, helping out consumers, you know, housing prices, some slowdown happening in housing. So overall, it was a pretty good report. You know, I mean, sure, we'd love to see it drop under 6% or drop under 7%, which I'm wondering if we're going to end the year under 7%. That would be a Christmas present, a belated Christmas present, because we won't find out until obviously January, but that would be great. That would be some great news. Uh, Justin Wolfers, senior fellow at the Peterson Institute, says it's a clear sign, this report, that inflation has peaked, saying core CPI rose by only 0.2% in November, which is yet another positive, parentheses, disinflationary, exclamation point. Surprise, exclamation point. (laughs) This is what he wrote on Twitter. Headline, CPI rose only 0.1% in the month. Also below expectations, remarkably good news for the second month in a row. Inflation has clearly peaked. So Wolfer's words, not mine. And I like it, you know, two two good reports in a row. We could be on what they say, a roll. Wouldn't be bad. So good inflation report. Uh, you know, the markets, of course, spiked after the report came out and then kind of lost all their gains <laughs> throughout the rest of the morning and you know whatever happens whatever the market reacts to whatever happens with mortgage rates you know mortgage rates plummeted uh you know when this report came out it's all this great data happening and then things kind of normalized the reality is is um this is a good report and i'm happy to see it i hope it keeps happening i hope we get a third report that would be phenomenal um now speaking of shelter costs. Let's talk asking rents. So a new report from Redfin says that asking rents posted the smallest increase in 15 months. This in the month of November, the median U.S. asking rent climbed 7.4% year over year to now over $2,000, $2,007 in November that is down from the 7.8% increase in October, but almost a third of the 20.5% peak that we saw in October of 21. So things have slowed down significantly <laughs> with regards to rents, but it's important to remember, I mean, this is just true for rents. This is true for, of course, inflation data. Um, even if we get to zero, like 0% inflation, those prices are still high. I mean, so, you know, you can have 10%, you know, and prices go up 10% and the next year they go up 10%. And then the next year they're at 0% and everyone goes, oh, isn't that great? And it's like, well, yeah, but they're, they're still up 20%. <laughs> we need, we need a, a, uh, a, we need some disinflation to kick in. We need some um, downward pressure on prices. So it's great that we're seeing it slow, but now, the median asking rent in the United States is over $2,000. I mean, so anyway, you look at it, that's that's still a problem. Uh, this was the smallest increase in 15 months, and it was the sixth consecutive month in which annual rent growth slowed. Now, as bad as the $2,000 
a month rent is, um, it could be worse. You could be in New York City, which for the first time I have to assume, uh, rent in New York City, even though it's only up 5.3% year over year, so slower growth than what we're seeing on the national level, it was enough to push the median rent price over $4,000. It's now $4,010 to be, that's the median rent in New York City. I am glad, this is just one of the reasons I'm glad I don't live in New York City. Uh, San Francisco took the number two spot with median rent at, I almost said 63, 36. $100, $100, a little bit over, almost a little bit under $3,700. Uh, they're up 8.1% year over year. San Jose was number four, up 34.50. And Boston took the number four spot up just over 3,600. Oh, wait, reverse those. <laughs> reverse that, Boston and then San Jose. I don't know why I thought Boston's 36 was was a bigger number. Um, my bad. <laughs> now, um, the biggest gainer looking at metro areas was Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I mean, I've been, I've been told that the Raleigh market supposedly slowing down with regards to, to housing and that home prices um, are starting to fall month over month more so than, than other areas. What's crazy is their rents are still sky high. Uh, rents are still up over 20%, 21.8% year over year to be exact. Uh, Oklahoma City was the second spot. Did I just hold three numbers? <laughs> second spot. Man, today's a rough... I'm gl- You know, it's funny. I was going to do my first live broadcast because I'm just trying to mess around. I'm like, I, I told you guys yesterday I want to do more live stuff. And so I was thinking about maybe doing a Facebook Live and I was just messing around with it, decided against it. I'm glad I didn't because people watching would have thought I was nervous from being on a live broadcast. And no, it's just regular me just doing the podcast and not being able to talk. Um, San San Jose, Oklahoma City. Let's talk about the biggest gainers. Oklahoma City was up 17.9% and Indianapolis, number three spot, up 15.8% year over year. And the biggest loser was Milwaukee, Wisconsin. By far, they're down double digits. The only one down double digits, down 13.1% year over year. Houston, of course, Houston, Texas was down 6.3%. And Austin, also of Texas, was down 5.3%. In all, 14 major metro areas are now in the red year over year. So good news if you're a renter. Maybe not so good news if you're someone who's renting property in some of those cities that's seeing a drop year over year. Uh, But yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, this is good news. Rents had gotten crazy. I mean, at one point, the median rents up 20% year over year. That's just insane. Uh, Chen Zhao, economist at Redfin, said that falling rents will help lower inflation pressure. Let's hope it puts a little downward pressure on prices. Saying, quote, asking rents are already down annually in 14 of the Metro's red front tracks, and we expect declines to become more common in the new year. That should ultimately help slow inflation further. Slow inflation will lead to lower mortgage rates, which should also bring more home buyers 
back to the market. And oddly enough, putting more downward pressure on rent prices because you'll have fewer people who fewer demand for rents, rentals, and therefore lowering prices. So it sounds like we're moving in the right direction. All right. Okay. All right. Before we go, I do have to mention this. I don't want to get into it too much because I am a little bit over my time frame that I like to make these podcasts. Uh, Alexis Leondis has a pretty good piece over at Bloomberg. This, of course, with everything else, is in the companion newsletter, which you can sign up for at marketsandmortgages.com. And, of course, read uh, the links and the articles I have on there. Uh, Once again, marketsandmortgages.com. So uh, Leonidas writes that a lot of people are thinking, oh, look, home prices are starting to fall. And so I'm going to wait and be able to time the market. And timing the market is always a bad idea because it's it's impossible. I mean, there are people who get paid millions of dollars a year with millions of dollars of equipment, supercomputers, AI, everything else, and they can't time the market. So... You know, people read a a Yahoo Finance article and they're like, ah, I now know how the housing market moves. (laughs) It just seems unlikely. But the point that she is making is some markets are going to see big drops. Other markets might not see really big drops at all. And then the question is, how long does this take? How long do you wait? And a lot of people think it's going to be like 2009 where you see a big drop and then things start rebounding. This, some markets could take a year. In fact, she points out that talking to about a half a dozen economists, she says, by and large, most are anticipating prices on average to stay within 5% of where they are now. And the bigger drops, the more bearish scenarios, which you could see a 20% drop, She says they're projecting that could be spread out over several years, years, plural. So people who are like, oh, I'll wait until the end of the year. Well, no, if you want to get the bottom, that might be three years away. (laughs) So you're just going to keep renting and, you know, miss out on your dream house because you're like, I'm going to time the market perfectly. And what happens if you're wrong? What happens if you wait two years and you think the market's going to have another down year and then it starts going back up? Who knows where rents are going to be? Who, who knows where uh, rates are going to be? It's just, it's so hard. There's so much unpredictability. Um, is that a word? Unpredict? Yeah, there's so much unpredict something in the markets right now. It's just, it's, there's, it's very difficult. It's always difficult. Right now, it's even more so. I mean, at the start of this year, no one thought rates were going to 7%. No one thought they were going to 5%. And, here we are. Well, luckily, we're not in seven, the seven zone, at least for right now. So you know, she basically points out that it's very difficult to time the housing market. And this, you, know, you could sort of piggyback this with the Connor Sen piece that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where he said that if you wait, a lot of other people are waiting too. And so all of a sudden rates fall, prices have fallen. You're like, oh, I'm going to go buy that house I've been looking at for a while. And then, boom, they have three offers. And now you're paying more for the house. And all of a sudden, that deal doesn't exist anymore. Where if you would have bought it now, even with maybe a slightly higher rate, rates fall, you can do a refi and take advantage of the low rate and you get the dream house. And you've been in the house for now a year. And so you've already put equity into the home. 
So, I mean, it, it's, it's, if you're ready to buy, like now's the time to buy. I mean, I know I say that, oh, Tyler, you're in the, you're in the housing sector. You, of course, that's what you, well, I'm just telling you <laughs> from, once again, this isn't me saying it. It's Alexis Leondis over at Bloomberg saying it's, it's a risky bet. We just don't know what's going to happen with individual markets. Overall, we have some idea, but what's going to happen in your particular market? Good luck. Good luck. I feel like I'm the movie taken. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy. Big day. It's a big day today. All right. I almost forgot to mention this big freaking day. We got the Fed decision. It's going to be 50 basis points unless something crazy happens, uh, which will increase the federal funds rate to 4%. But the bigger, probably more important event is the press conference a half an hour later. What is Powell going to say? Is he going to be bearish, bullish, pessimistic, optimistic? We will see. That's more important because we know, we, know, we know what the rate's going to be. We know what the increase is going to be. But what is he going to say as we close out the year? We'll talk about it on tomorrow's podcast. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. We'll see you back here Thursday morning for another edition of markets and mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.